0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Double Take. Today, it might have to be called Single Take because yes, it's just me, I'm Alex Safi, Not here with my brother John, because he left, it happened, he moved out to Phoenix, um, he's getting started working as a middle school math teacher. So yeah, we, we finally split up, you know, just like the Beatles. Captain America Iron Man, even D-Wade and LeBron. I'm officially flying solo. Nah, I'm just kidding. John will will probably be back next episode, which might be tomorrow actually, for a special, and we'll have a special guest too, for our NBA draft preview episode. But today, I do have some good stuff coming down the pipeline. we got a lot to get into. Uh, Since our last episode, an NBA champion was crowned the Golden State Warriors um, in six games, just as I correctly predicted. Maybe that's why John's not here because he picked Celtics in six. Yeah, Steph Curry's finals MVP finally. So today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap the finals a little bit, going to jump into Steph's legacy. Where does he rank all the time? There's been a lot of conversations about that. Um, where does this Warriors dynasty rank? That's another fun one. And of course, um, got to give some early predictions for next season. Um, so finals recap, all right? Just quick, maybe jump through each game, kind of quick story of each one. Uh, game one, that was the Celtics uh, in the fourth quarter when the Warriors pretty much leading through three. Celtics on that ridiculous forty and sixteen run. You had Derek White, Al Horford, uh, Marcus Smart just shooting, you know, out of their minds. Payton Pritchard getting some good minutes in there. I think he hit a few. Um, so that was that game. Game two was the Warriors. Have a blowout as well. I think they were third quarter where they pop off. Game three was that you know first game in Boston, the terrible Draymond game. All the fans are uh, screaming you know f you Draymond. And post game you had Clay Thompson saying real you know that's real classy Boston. Now game four was the big one. That was the turning point in my opinion. Just like actually it was a similar turning point in game uh, in the 2015 Finals when the Warriors also won in uh, six games. That was Curry's best game ever. You know he had the forty-three points, ten rebounds, and you know that was definitely his his biggest moment in the most pressure moment that I think he had, where he actually he came up big time. Then you had Game Five, which was the Wiggins game. um Shout out Merm, or my friend Merm, if you're listening, he's been on the Wiggins, you know, bandwagon Wiggins train all season long. Even when Wiggins was an all-star starter, which was kind of a joke and a meme. And now, you know, you had Wiggins was the best player in that game. Curry followed up his best game of his career in the biggest spot with that game five, pivotal game five. And Curry really, for the, I guess for the first time ever, had zero three-pointers um, in the playoffs. And so then you go to game six, and that was pretty much a wire-to-wire victory for the Warriors I even just went back and watched the highlights and it was very clear, um, from the start. I think that the Warriors were going to win. The Celtics really just didn't have it. So pretty much on the Warriors side of things, how did this happen, right? What I predicted was you have the veterans. They've been there before. This was their sixth finals in eight years. Uh, and I was essentially definitely expecting Steph Curry to show up, him being kind of the old veteran, uh, MVP player, and I think at one point in, in actually in our preview pod, I said Steph Curry's 34, I'm expecting him to play well. And John was saying, Well, maybe that means he's not going to play as well, you know, an age thing. And it is interesting. I mean, this was certainly his best finals ever. He averaged, I think it was 32 points. Uh, if you actually take out that bad game five, even though they won, he was averaging like 34 points and almost six threes a game, and over six threes a game um, in the series, shooting 50%. And from the field and from three, if you take out when he went zero for nine in Game Five, which I guess it's a little you know that's, that's unfair. But in any case, War, that was Steph Curry's easily his uh, his best final series. Um, and so you had that. You had Clay, who had a pretty solid series. I mean, I think games really three through five, he he came in and then he did what he needed to do, and then Draymond. Draymond had a really poor, pretty poor first three games. Game four, he was all right. And then the next two, the last two games he came through. And I loved all the, you know, the talk about, oh, he's, he's doing this podcast. He shouldn't be doing his podcast after the game. He's distracted. That's why he sucks. And then him getting into it with the uh, with the fans. And even there was one point where Dave Portnoy, I think he had two fouls. And I think it was game four and Portnoy's you know, give him the two fingers. And that was really funny when they ended up Celtics ended up losing that game anyway. But it was hilarious. So really the veterans were a big part of the Warriors win. But of course, you have to give credit to the young players. You know, you had your Jordan Poole doing his thing, your Gary Payton Jr. coming in having the impact. But no young player, or I guess no not that young, uh, had as big of an impact as Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, he's a player. One of the players that I remember like watching closely in college because I knew he was going to be in the NBA. This is right as I'm really, really starting to get obsessed with NBA basketball, and I remember watching his highlights even like when I was in eighth grade in class or something. Um, and you know, we thought that that draft it was like Wiggins, Jabari. Who's going to be the next guy? They said Jabari, and you know, he's on. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Is he going to be better than? or he's the best high school player since LeBron and then um, both those guys really just flame out and it seems like they're done and I think the lesson with this Wiggins thing is we can't give up on young raw talent especially especially when they're guys who are in dysfunctional organizations Um, and so you know Wiggins spends his whole career with a bunch of different coaches in Minnesota kind of uh not the greatest roster there's not a ton of veteran presences that you know he could kind of learn from and then the Warriors really you got to tip your hat to to their front office to Bob Myers who Kevin Durant wants to leave and it's, he's a free agent instead of him just walking out the door for nothing they flip him for D'Angelo Russell who even at the time I was like really that seems like a weird trade they ended up ended up not working out but then they have that contract so able to flip it for Wiggins. And then when they traded for Wiggins, some people were skeptical. Other people said, Hey, listen, if it's going to work with Wiggins, it's now, you know, he's going to be surrounded by, by uh, championship culture, great coach by, you know, great teammates in, in Curry and guys who will take him under their wing, like Draymond. Um, and if he's ever going to, you know, flourish, it'll be like this. And so, you know, we saw, that, especially in games five and six, we really saw that, um, you know, in action, and I want to just go through his game log really quick because Wiggins in, I'll say let's the last three games, or actually last four games, he goes 40, 40 minutes in game three, 43 in game four, 42 in game uh, five, and 43 in game six. So now, you know, he's getting runs. He's on both ends and rebounding the ball, you know, just like a maniac. He had 16 rebounds in game, uh, in game four. Four, which was his career high and then he had 13 rebounds in game six or that was you know, 16 in game four 13 in game five each of those would have been his career high his career high previous to that was 11 and it was again like a regular season game and now even just looking at his back at his playoff game log i had forgotten wiggins before this season played five playoff games this was the season with minnesota where you know they had jimmy and jimmy somehow gets that young team to the playoffs yeah giving all the credit to jimmy um and so wiggins played five games they they lose in five to the houston rockets and then this year he comes in and in the biggest moment of his career he just balls out and he was the second best player on the warriors team and i know i feel like a lot of times we'll talk when when teams are trying to improve when teams are you know drafting players when teams are signing players in the free agency it's you know, can this guy be the best player on a championship team? Can he be the second best player? Can he be the third? Like like you know, what kind of uh what where does the, the where do the where does the talent fall kind of in the pecking order on on contenders, right? And to think that Wiggins was just the second best player on a championship team, like it's it's pretty surreal, especially you know, how his career went. So of course you had the veterans on the warriors, then you had the young players, and then most of all, it was Steph Curry, right? This was his big signature moment, his career moment, because, and I think, you know, we'd probably talked about this on the show, I know John would be, you know, still, he was chirping uh, Curry until this year, um, and he was always very hard on Curry, specifically, the same reason we're hard on Durant, because he hadn't really had any career, uh, or excuse me, uh, really big playoff moments, right? In the 2015 series, which, john would just completely discount because Kyrie and love were hurt he had a big game four and he had a big game five Game, i believe he's game five which was which was bigger than the game four because game four they they tie the series now game five you go back home and curry i believe has 37 points in that game then you go game six in cleveland and finish him off where you know he didn't win the finals mvp i think it should have been lebron if it wasn't gonna be lebron I definitely think it should have been Curry. I do not think it should have been Iguodala. But of course, you know we know how narratives can uh, sometimes grab hold of the media. Um, in any case, you, you. So I think of that series, right? That's his first finals. He gets that that championship. Then the next year, whether he was injured, whether he was not, whether it was because Draymond missed Game Five of 2016, they end up choking that. They choke that three-one lead. And so then the rest is history. Kevin Durant comes and was he good? Was he bad? Yeah, he was pretty good. But guess what? In my opinion, it's not as hard to be good when you're surrounded by greatness, not to mention, you know, another MVP caliber player, right? And so he ends up with three rings and a pretty decent resume, right? And there's a lot of regular season up threes and regular season accolades. And I think he had a scoring title or two, two MVPs, first unanimous, right? 73 wins. But it's like, when is he gonna do it on the biggest stage possible? And he did do it, you know, against the, the quote-unquote defensive player of the year and one of the greatest defenses, apparently a historic defense. He came in, he went into a hostile environment, uh, really, you know, drunk and hostile Boston crowd um, that was really excited. They wanted Banner 18, and what does he do? He comes in, and in the first quarter, he's just—I'm just watching him, and and we see this every game that Seth Curry plays, and. Steph Curry, every single basket that he gets, especially the threes, he really has to work his butt off for him. I and mean, he's running through screens. They're chasing him down. They're sending guys over screens and everything. And he's sending them early in the in the first quarter. He's hitting them. And then he's getting hyped. He's yelling at the Boston crowd. And I was like, ooh, like, Steph, you better show up, man. You better show up in the fourth when it counts. Because I believe in game three, actually, I think in, like, all the fourth quarters of, that, of those first three games, there was some stat I saw where I was like, you know, Curry in the first three quarters versus the fourth quarter or something, but in any case, Curry, you know, you could get hype in the first quarter, but all right, let's see what you got when he gets to the fourth. And now we get into the fourth quarter. Remember, it's a close game. Curry's going off. He had a few threes. He hit that one ridiculous one where I believe it was Tatum fouled him and he kind of fell over, and they didn't call and It still went down. He goes up and he and he's getting pissed off. And I, when they when he hit that, I'm like, all right, like this guy, like he's I don't think he's gonna let them lose. And John was saying, listen, Alex. A close game favors the Warriors. And although I was still skeptical and I was like, I don't know, man. It's, that was really the truth. Because Boston, as we know, just can't close. They cannot close in close games. Um, and even whatever, you know, this is the Miami Heat podcast, as I like to say. In Game 7, they were basically asking Miami to take the game from them. And, you know, Jimmy missed that three. If he makes it, it's game. If he goes to the basket, maybe they also choked that. But in any case... You know, I have to. I guess I have to mention that the Celtics are good at, at blowing um, games in the end of the game. So that was Game Four, and that was that was Curry, right? That was him at his best. And then even he doesn't have that good. He doesn't miss a, Doesn't make a three in Game Five. Game Six comes in and you know closes it out, which was huge, right? So before I want before I want to get into Steph's legacy, I want to talk about uh, the Celtics. And just what what happened with them, right? And I think ultimately we saw a lot of their weaknesses that had been on display maybe in the first half of the season and throughout any of their playoff losses, really too. But I think ultimately they were too young, and and it's a good thing when you had a schedule. And I did compare them to the twenty twelve OKC Thunder, who had you know I think all their three stars were under like twenty four years old or whatever it was twenty five, definitely. and everyone's like, oh, they're gonna be back, they're gonna be good, and they never made it back, and they end up breaking it up. So in a lot of ways, I, I could see this team paralleling that team because as great as they were this year, as amazing, especially on def- on the defensive end, I think that <clears throat> uh they really had a good shot to win it, and you don't your window isn't always open as long as you think it is. So, you know, they were too young, and I think what happened, especially down the stretch, is where did Tatum go? You know, did, Was he hurt? or Was it a shoulder thing? So I know maybe if you're a Celtics fan trying to, you know, take away silver lines, maybe that's it as, oh, this was just the first, our first finals. And if Tatum was hurt, I don't think Tatum was hurt. Um, but they certainly, it, it looked like they were missing kind of that veteran, calming, uh, confident presence, which honestly we had seen Tatum do. We saw him do it in game six in Milwaukee, which was huge. and, I don't know is there a big difference between the second round in milwaukee you know when you're the favorite team versus uh you know when he gets into the finals and you're playing golden State, who's been there before and maybe maybe not i don't know because we definitely i always like to say tatum doesn't have that clutch gene but uh he showed it in game six versus milwaukee and then all of a sudden well, what happened in this in this series he just really didn't show up at all let's actually let me grab his stats really quick because he shot from three point land. I don't know if this has ever happened. From three-point land in the finals, he shot 45%, which is pretty ridiculous. amazing. And then from the just an overall field goal percentage was 36%. So I'm not sure how that I actually don't genuinely don't know how that makes sense. The every time he got into the paint, he just he just it looked like he he was there was missing something. And maybe he was just gas, you know. They played two straight seven game series no team that's played two game sevens before making it to the finals has ever won except for the 1988 lakers so to, to do this it was going to have to be historic um and so you know i don't know where they're out who was the alpha on that team maybe it was tatum maybe it wasn't but in any case i think that this team was just a little bit you know too young and they couldn't overcome their offensive struggles down the stretch as good as their defense was you know and You know, the Warriors really showed, you know, their veteran, uh, the value of their veteran presence and kind of their just overall experience and being there before, and, you know, that's what happened. So what's next for the Celts? Who knows? Would I bet that they make it back next year? Absolutely not. I think, you know, the East, it'll definitely be an uphill battle for them. I think they do have to address a few things. I think in a lot of ways, though, when you have a team this young, you should keep running it back. Whereas the Miami Heat are, have more veterans. I don't know if just running it back the exact same team makes the most sense. With, with the Celtics, they could come back healthier next season and they might even, you know, they, they might have just as good of a shot, if not even better, to win the title, right? Because if Tatum can improve, if Brown can improve, even Smart, who's been in the league for a while now, if he improves a little bit, you know, which he did, we, we saw him a lot of improvements from him this season, you know, that, that team could be could be uh very dangerous and it'll be interesting to see like how crazy does brad stevens want to get does he want to you know trade some of their younger pieces try to get a veteran guy and you know the only worry there is al horford right he's a little old and he did not look great in those last few games. like i guess the last game he did play well is one of the few boston players that played well but i think you know there was some like advanced stats of like the plus minus when he was on the floor without robert williams where he just wasn't as good so i'm not anticipating him improving for next season but they're good enough, you know, to, to continue making it a run next year. So let's move on to Steph's legacy. This would have been a fun one to do with John because John has been, I don't want to say a big Steph hater, but he's definitely uh, been very harsh on Steph over the years. And whereas I've given Steph credit, like I would say, most of the media, the general media people will give him credit for is, you know, how he's basically you know he's a unicorn you know, never there's never been a player like him. he has changed the game he the the three point revolution and how we want to give him credit for that and the countless records that he continues to break year after year um he's the all time three point leader and he's he's only gonna that that uh record's only gonna go farther and farther um up and so well I gave him credit for that John would be harsher and say, you know this guy. Where is he, what has he done when it mattered most? Um, And here it is, you know, he had his, like I said, greatest game ever of his career in game four, big game. You know, he had seven threes and he really willed them to to victory that game. And he finally got that finals MVP that, in my opinion, isn't, isn't a huge deal, but him getting this one, it really means a lot. And it really is, I believe it was Steve Kerr who said, you know, this is a crowning achievement um in his already you know iconic and and historic career something something along those lines of um you know this was his his biggest moment and so it's huge and what does it mean for his legacy i think that he is just in my opinion outside of the top 10 so if you want to actually break it down we might get too into the weeds here with with measuring players i do think that the undisputed top two players of all time have to be LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Then, in any order, I think the next three are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, and Magic Johnson. I don't think that's up for discussion. People probably discount Bill Russell. They'll give Kareem, you know, I think Kareem gets the credit that he usually deserves. Some people discount Russell, um, but I think if you're a true historian of the game, you respect Russell and what he did. At the end of the day, 11 rings in 13 seasons, no matter who you're playing against, you have to give that credit, Um, Magic Johnson, and the next few guys, I believe, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, and then Shaq, and then Kobe. So I think those nine players, LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Russell, Magic, Bird, Duncan, Shaq, and Kobe have to be over Curry. Wilt, I will also put over Curry. That's 10. I have Steph Curry now as the 11th best player of all time. In my book, he he just jumped over Jerry West and Hakeem Olajuwon. I already had him at 13. You know, there could have been before maybe an argument for Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Moses Malone. But, you know, certainly before he was top 15. And I think now he's just on the precipice of top 10. I think I could be convinced for him to be placed over Wilt. And some people, you know, Give Wilt the benefit of the doubt. I would love to sit here with someone who make it, make the case for Wilt, because I think ultimately what I've noticed of just even like reading in like Bill Simmons's book, um, is Wilt was a guy. Honestly, I maybe I think a good comparison might be Durant, and this might be, you know, a hot take because I think people will view v- Durant very differently. But Wilt was not a guy, in my opinion, um, from when I've read uh, that. He as like by himself contributed to winning. He was always more of a stats guy until later in his career when he he, he joins that Lakers team. Although he he had won in, I believe, nineteen sixty-seven with a very, very good Sixers team. And then um, in nineteen seventy-two, that amazing Lakers team where he uh, wins the finals MVP, I believe, that year. Or did yeah, I believe he won finals MVP that year. Um he had Jerry West on that team. Elgin Baylor had just retired. Um well, oh, so Will wasn't a guy who' was always contributing to winning that, that's that's the main point. And similarly, I don't think Durant is, but Durant is obviously one of the greatest scores we've ever seen. a lot of amazing statistics that you know support him, similar to wilt. Um, however, when I look at a guy like Steph Curry, Steph Curry is a guy who I know him on a team on a basketball team, he will contribute to victory to winning and and he can he can contribute to winning um, on the highest level. He is a transcendent talent and a transcendent winner, in my opinion. Um, and so, could you have him over Will? Maybe I think the what uh, the player that Bill Simmons on his pod and he was arguing with, I believe, was a Ryan Russillo, um, of like you know, is it Steph versus Kobe? Kobe's that next guy, and I would also give Kobe the benefit of the doubt. I think sometimes the way that we remember Kobe is a little bit. Um, sometimes in my head, at least, I. I let him be overshadowed by those three straight uh, championships where Shaquille O'Neal was the Finals MVP. But and I obviously wasn't alive to, or I was alive, but I was you know a baby, so I wasn't watching those. Uh, Shaq was the better player between the two, but Kobe was right there. Like it, it was in you know a, a present day comparison would be how great Durant was on those two Warriors teams, and and Curry was just as good, and although curry had that value element of like you when you remove curry from those teams and you had durant and everyone else they just were not as good whereas when you did have uh when you had durant missing obviously they were still an amazing basketball team they won a championship before durant they won a championship after durant and they won two with him so um but in any case that's where i have curry i think he's 11th all time now and you know some people have been of course you've been everyone's been getting crazy on whatever first take and and whatevers uh undisputed with skip Bayless show and shannon and people are saying oh and I, Stephen A was like, oh he's gonna win more championships than LeBron and that might be true because the rest of LeBron's career there's a lot of what ifs a lot of I don't knows there's a lot of uh you know he's thirty seven he'll be turning thirty eight you know he just posted the other day a video of Anthony Davis. And saying, you know, uh, his Anthony Davis highlights, and is like, he's going to remind everyone pretty soon, which great, LeBron. I hope he does. But in any case, it'd be a hard bet to say LeBron wins, you know, over. The over under right now is probably 0.5 championships, and betting the over would be a tough bet. Um, however, Curry, it's tough to win it. It's tough to get back, and they're all aging too. But they got a lot of young players, and even just. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, and I think it's Moses Moody, who those guys didn't get any minutes in the finals this year, are both top, you know, they're both lottery picks from this past season. They have James Wiseman, who who knows how good he'll be. If he can get healthy, that's big. And then you have Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Gary Payne Jr., who Gary Payne Jr. is not super young, but they have these young players, right? So Curry absolutely has a better chance, and Curry is younger than LeBron too. So Curry absolutely has a better chance to get to five rings than LeBron does. However, I want to remind everyone, if Kevin Durant doesn't go to Golden State for 2017 and 2018, for those seasons they won it, and then even 2019, I believe LeBron James absolutely has one more ring. And because we, we began to take it for granted over those years, LeBron at that point had made, I believe, six straight finals, four straight with the Heat, then he makes 2015-2016 with uh, the Cavs and, lose, and loses the Warriors, then beats the Warriors when they won 73 games. And now Durant joins them. That team was not losing. That team was just not losing. And that 2017 Cavs was a was one of the greatest teams LeBron James has ever played on. They had just won. They were, you know, making a strong title defense. It wasn't even a regular season, but it was in the playoffs, just offensively. They were extremely dominant. Um, and they were the only team to win one game in the playoffs off of that Warriors team. But in any case, um, if Durant doesn't go to the Warriors that season... Or, you know, if he doesn't go to the Warriors for those three seasons, I think LeBron gets one of the three. Because even that 2019 season where Kawhi won it in Toronto, maybe LeBron stays the next year. Maybe something different happens with Kyrie. There's a lot of what-ifs. But I think one of those seasons, especially the 2018 season, where LeBron James was absolutely insane. That was the, probably the best, the best individual player that I've ever watched uh, in the playoffs. Sorry, 2013 LeBron. Um, you know... I think that he wins one of those and not to mention that the four that LeBron win, I think I'll give him, I want to give him more credit than the ones that Steph won. Cause those two that Steph won, like, yeah, you guys were, were, were too, too stacked. So, um, even though Steph has four now, that's the, that's LeBron's not all rings as, as we like to say, not all rings are created equal. We like Jordan's six better than Russell's 11. We like, uh, you know, uh, birds three better than robert Horry seven too okay so and i like lebron's four much better than curry's four and maybe even curry's five but we'll you know we'll see i gotta i gotta wait let's not let's not get too ahead um but that is uh steph's legacy you know greatest shooter of all time one of the greatest teammates ever and so he's 11th of all time in my in my book which i think if you have him in like the 9 to 12 range that makes sense to me okay Moving on, this Warriors team has now won. They've been to six finals in eight seasons, and they've won four of those titles. One of them, you could argue that, you know, they shouldn't have won because uh, Kyrie and Love were hurt. The next year, you could argue maybe they should have won because of the Draymond suspension, if you think that that was BS. Uh, And then even the 2019 one where... Durant and Clay go down I just, they both go down in like the last game, but Durant had missed the first couple, but in any case, uh, you could maybe make an argument they should have won that one. So I think four is, that's the, ends up being the right number because you can take away, you can add, but ultimately what happens happens. And four seems like it's the right number that they won. Um, so that's, that's them as a dynasty or whatever you want to call it, right? Some people won't classify that as a dynasty. I would say that as a dynasty, you know, going to six finals in eight years, that's pretty legit because even I don't disrespect the finals loss as much as some people do. Jordan set this ridiculous standard for everyone where he never lost in the finals, but I do think it's funny because this is a little bit off talk, but or not really, not too much. But uh, if Jordan were to run it back in the '99 season, which I think he knew, you know, in the, end of, in the end of the in the end of the last dance, he said, "Oh, we could have run it back. We could have won." He knew they weren't winning that next year. He knew they couldn't do four straight. He knew, especially with the, how old the team was, how mentally drained that team was, the salary cap issues, that team was not going to win that championship. But well, let's say they did. Let's say Jordan ran it back in 99. Suddenly, everyone's favorite argument for why he's a GOAT, that he's 6-0, that he's undefeated in the finals, disappears, right? Now he's 6-1. Does that make him worse? It doesn't. So anyway, uh, that was a slight, uh, you know, getting sidetracked. But other dynasties, right? I think... These are the, the list of candidates, okay? You have Bill Russell and his Celtics who went to... And, and uh, it was actually interesting. I, I like the point before I explain that. I like the point that Bill Simmons was making. He was talking about Dynasties too. And he said, I think it's a, a better way of looking at them is, is looking at the players rather than the teams. And so Russell, he had 11 and 13 seasons. Uh, Magic Johnson, those teams changed from, you know, I guess from 1980, their first one, to their last one was in 88. And then even... Magic goes to the finals in in uh, 1991, and that was a very different, far different team from the first team that made the finals with him. So it's a good, it's a good way to just look at it as far as players. But Magic goes to nine finals in his 12 seasons, um, and they have fought. He had five wins, and he had three Finals MVPs. Um, Jordan goes to six of eight wins, all six. Duncan has five of six. That was over the span of 16 years from 1999 to 2014. The 99 team. To the fourteen team, I believe there was only one player that was the same, and that was Tim Duncan. So that's why players make sense too. Then you have Shaq. Who Shaq? You could look at the way that they that the uh, Lakers went to four finals in his in those five years since they won their first one. But then even two seasons later, he goes to the title again with Miami, and they win. Although you know a lot of people will remember that as the D Wade Finals, which absolutely rightfully so. You know Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, average it was 30 points, 8 rebounds, you know. Um, but anyway, Shaq was still, that's still a part of Shaq's quote-unquote dynasty if you want to go by the players. Um, and then you have LeBron, another great reason why you should go by players because he had one finals with three separate teams, only player ever to do that over the span of 10 seasons, right? Nine finals in 10 seasons, he went to eight straight. Out of those eight, he won three of them. And in two of those, he lost to the greatest team Ever, right? You know, especially the 2017 Warriors and then 2018 Warriors maybe a notch below, but j- nearly just as good. Um, and like I said, probably wins at least one more if the warriors don't get to rant. And then in 2020, goes back to the finals in the bubble, which in my opinion, that's a special that's a special ring that he won. Um, and then the next one is Steph, which steph it's it is interesting that with this warriors dynasty, because you have Steph Clay and dre and even Andre Iguodala. who maybe we should throw Igodala in there, because Igodala didn't go to six finals in eight years he went to seven finals in eight years the only finals that since geez since 2015 when he wins the finals mvp since that moment the only finals that he did not play in was uh 2021 last year Suns versus bucks because in the bubble he goes with miami he had i think at that point for him it was six straight finals and then he went to the seventh one this year with the warriors so you know maybe it's the iguodala dynasty but anyway, uh, Steph, um, you know, four titles in eight years. So we're just looking at ranking them. It's kind of hard to do, but I think the gold standard is going to be Jordan. It went six of eight in those two seasons. You know, I don't know. If they play those two seasons, I think it looks a lot different. I don't think they went six of I don't think they went all six. So some people would even just forget those that it was in eight seasons and say, oh, he was six for six. Um, the Duncan one, I'm going to say that's a little bit of a lower tier one, just because it was so stretched out, which maybe in some ways is more impressive. But when I like, to, I like to think of dynasties of like, a, I like to think of, you know, a span of time where these, these players, this team was just, was just absolutely dominant. And as great as the Duncan, uh, Spurs were, they had years where, you know, they kind of flamed out or they, you know, weren't as good as they thought, or that we thought the they'd be. Um, but absolutely still, you know, deserves to be mentioned as one of the greatest dynasties, even in sports. Um, I think those Lake, the Magic Lakers wants are, are pretty insane. I mean, he just gets into the league and all of a sudden, in the finals immediately, in 80, 1980, misses 81, goes then in 82 and 83. Oh no, then he goes 82, 83, 84 and 85, misses in 86. So then goes a four straight, misses 86, uh, and then wins back to back in 87 and 88 goes again in 89 loses um and then goes back again in 91 when they that team was not as good they didn't have kareem um and i don't i believe that was the year that pat riley also stepped down so didn't have his you know his that all-time great coach pat riley um so i think if i'm just gonna go and rank i'm I'm gonna go jordan's bulls magics lakers i need to give credit to russell's celtics even though uh, as people like to say he's playing against plumbers uh, and then I'll go, then I'll go LeBron. Then I'll go LeBron. Uh, and then, so I actually, those are the ones I have Curry, I have Curry below. If Curry can win another in the next two years, he's definitely, he's definitely in the, the, the Duncan Spurs range or he's over the Duncan and the Spurs range. Um, Shaq, I actually don't know what to make of that one. Honestly, this is a, this is a discussion. I, I wish there was someone else here instead of me just talking to myself. Because I need someone to uh, to throw back some some opinions and, and keep me honest. But yeah, that's where they belong, where Steph belongs um, all time, as far as the uh, their dynasties. Okay, now let's let's wrap this up. I've been talking for thirty six minutes. Predictions for next season. I believe that this year the NBA champion should have been the Milwaukee Bucks, and I believe that. If Chris Middleton did not get hurt, we are not even talking about the Warriors' dynasty. Maybe they make it to the finals. Actually, I would say they absolutely would still make it to the finals. I don't know how Chris Middleton getting hurt in the East would affect the Western Conference playoffs race, uh, but I'd still think that the Bucs would win. And so next season, I'm I'm anticipating a Bucks revenge tour, a Bucks comeback season. I think Giannis is the greatest player in the world. I think that with Drew Holiday and Middleton healthy, that's as talented of a big three as there is in the NBA. And I think that this offseason, while it's tough, because Milwaukee is not a free agent destination, and they have a lot of money um, already tied up in those three great players, I think that they can definitely improve. We saw in that uh, for me, you know, nightmare game seven uh, Bucks versus Celtics, I did not want the Celtics to win Um, uh we saw the messages a ton of threes, Pat Connaughton, uh who else? Grayson Allen, it's way too many Grayson Allen minutes. And so the, uh, yeah, the Bucks, I think they have an opportunity to get a lot better on the margins with those, with those, with those uh, role players. So I'm predicting a Giannis MVP caliber season. I don't know if he wins regular season MVP because, you know, for some reason we don't like to, we don't like to give him that award. If it's not Giannis, it'll be Luca in my opinion. So I'm, I'm saying that's a little bit soft. I'm going Giannis with Luka MVP. I believe in the conference finals, we're going to see the Nuggets beat the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to get in the Eastern Conference finals, the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Miami Heat. I'm contractually obligated to say that. I love the Miami Heat. I have to say that. Or maybe I shouldn't say contractually because now I'm interning for them. But in the finals, I have Bucks over Nuggets. I've... I've for years been been putting like a small wager um, on the on the Nuggets to to make the finals like at the beginning of the season, and I guess this past season it was a little bit stupid of me because there was small chance that uh, that uh, Jamal Murray's coming back. But if Jamal Murray's healthy, as much as I hate Jokic because of what he did to Markeith Morris, Jokic is is just he's he's due he's due for like for you know. For a signature playoff moment, I guess is what I'm saying. He already has one, right? In the bubble, coming back from down 3-1 twice. Um, but he's due He's due as, as good as he is. You know back-to-back MVPs. I believe it'll be time. And he's at least got to make it back to the conference finals. Um, and I do want to uh, also believe that the the Mavericks, with the addition of Christian Wood, will also be able to do that. Um, and, and whoever else they're going to add. Because I just believe in Luka that much. And no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ignoring, you know, the Warriors. So I guess I am. And I guess I kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I am ignoring the Suns where Chris Paul is, what is he, 37 now. Um, and the, uh, the, I'll say the other team that I have to look out for is the Clippers. I believe they're going to come back with a vengeance. And I'm, you know, I think they're a very similar team to this Boston team, honestly, with how they can switch everything, with having those two, you know, great two-way scoring wings. Um, it's going to come down to just how healthy are they, right? How good does Kawhi look when he comes back? And so, so the Clippers, I'm kind of sleeping on them. I would say I'm definitely sleeping on the Suns. Um, the Warriors, I'm not sleeping on them, but I'm just not going to pick them because they just want it, and I guess that's not as exciting for me. But uh, the team that I haven't mentioned, I think, that's in the mix there is the Lakers as well. And Maybe that's just because they have LeBron because you know, I love him and I hope he can get back. But, yeah, they're going to have to show me something in the off season because I still don't believe in them, even though I do like the new head coach that they hired. Um, on the east side of things, really, you're looking at a Nets team who is kind of in limbo, so I'm not really worried about them. That Cavs team will be good and young and frisky, but they're not doing anything. Atlanta, don't care. Who else? Boston, I think they have... Uh, they overperformed this year. And this is maybe the hater in me coming up, but I think they overperformed this year and then they're going to have an, a down year next year. So I really am anticipating the Bucks most of all. And then in the next other teams, it should be really the Sixers or the Heat. Sixers with, with Harden, that isn't promising. And so, you know what? I'm going to have faith in my squad. I think that the Heat are going to get back. And the... Uh, the Bucks are just going to be too good. Giannis is going to be too good. So I actually... The most confident thing that I'm saying right now is I truly believe, of course, barring an in injury, we saw it this year. They got injured, they didn't make it. That next year, they'll be in the finals. If there's one team in the NBA that I think should be in the finals next year, it's the Bucs. They're going to have the most continuity. They're going to have the greatest player in the world. They're going to have a great, you know, uh, second and third guy. And then I do like the Nuggets coming out of the West. So honestly, I feel pretty good about that pick right now. Um, but... You never know. I could say this and it could be both, you know, both teams fall apart. Um, But, yeah, so those are my predictions. Well, not sure how to wrap this up just by myself. First uh, single-take episode, right? Not double-take anymore. But uh, we'll be back hopefully tomorrow or the next day or whatever with an NBA draft uh, episode. With our friend Eli Maluhi, special guest, and uh, that'll be fun. You know, there's a this is a definitely a very interesting draft, and I think it'll be fun to, to to make sure we capture our thoughts before it, because I know that years from now we'll look back and like I could see you know the Chet thing really panning out, and whatever and I know John's gonna come in with hot takes about Chet, or even Paolo or whoever else, and so I think this is a this is a draft that's like a, a big, in my opinion you know, without even knowing much and watching much, I'm not the biggest college basketball person. I think it's going to be a big boom or bust draft. So hopefully we get an episode out uh, soon with that. Um, Thank you for listening to me babble for 43 minutes now. Have a good one. Peace out. And as always, go Heat.